Do you remember when this used to be fun, mate? No. No, I'm, I, I heard <laughs> tales. I'm sure. I'm sure we used to enjoy this. We used to have, like, an enjoyable team to watch, free-flowing, scored some lovely goals, occasionally did something stupid at the back. And now, it oh, just pain. Yeah, it's um, it's difficult at the moment. I'm literally doing this podcast what, with what I am now calling my emotional support kitten on my lap. That's because, not a kitten. Yeah, that's true. I'm like six now. Uh, <laughs> that's a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so you've played Kitty Spoony before. Um, God, like 40 seconds for the first Simpsons reference. That's quick, even for us. Uh, yeah, welcome to episode 143 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by Casey. Hello. Uh, football aside, how's things, mate? Um, it, you know what? Football consumes my every waking moment to the point I only see darkness now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Obviously, there are far more serious things going on in the world than football, but... I'll be honest, the thing that's making me a bit depressed is for football. I wish that that wasn't the case. I should be a better person than that, but I'm not. Uh, I literally, the day after the Liverpool game, had to apologise to our last first thing the next morning. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't lose my temper. I was just a right mongy bastard. And it was all because of the football. I, th- I think the Liverpool game is the game that has broken me. It, it stripped away the optimism that I've had for most of the season. Not Not... And as much as I think I've been realistic going into most games about how we'll do, but I'm now starting to think we might not be all right. Yeah, I'm. Um, I am scared, but we'll come on to that. Uh, let's go back to. It's hard to believe this is true. Let's go back to a slightly happier time of losing four two at home to Scum. Yes, yeah, uh, as, as, as I sat watching the game in Hernando's in Manchester. Yeah. Well, don't worry, there'll be no Man United fans there. You're in Manchester. Um, yeah, it was it was safe. So I, I was yeah. sat there in I was sat there in the the violet shirt. It was it was quite nice. Well, obviously, it's a long way back now uh, with the way the work week has been. Plus three games in six days, we never got a chance to do one in between. Uh, the headline thing right at the start was that Bielsa dropped Rafinha. Um, no one agreed. People could understand, like, maybe slightly more disciplined winger chase back with their full-backs to push on. But then he didn't play Dallow, he, he played Wan-Bissaka on that side. Shaw didn't bomb forward in the same way. So it didn't matter so much. Uh, but what was your first thought when you saw Rafinha being dropped? Um... It's a, it was an odd one in as much as he is by far our best player. But he has been very poor. And he is playing in one of the positions that we do have other players in. Yeah. Um, now, typically, Dan James does play as a striker more these days. But um, it, it was something that I feel... It was one of the decisions I felt could be justified because I do think yeah. he had been poor. And I think, given how we played at Old Trafford, having two two wingers who will track better than him made sense. And I think I texted you, actually, saying that when the team came out, 
I quite like the balance of that starting lineup as it goes. Yeah, well, one of the things I said was that I like that midfield. And I still did. Uh, we had Cock playing holding mid and then Forshaw and Click as a centre mid partnership because Rodrigo played up front. Rodrigo playing up front didn't work, but that's, I think, as much as because we couldn't get the ball into him enough and things like that. I, I, that one wasn't particularly on him. But we have now had that midfield twice. The first 20 minutes against West Ham, we had the cock for shot click midfield. And I thought it was the best we've looked in midfield all season. And it lasted 20 minutes and Adam Falshaw went off injured. And then this was the first time that we've been able to play it since. And it lasted like 25 minutes and cock had to go off injured. And both times, I think it's actually looked quite good. And I think it's just because you're not having that that click and Rodrigo together thing that just everyone in the world knows doesn't work. Yeah. I kind of feel sorry for Rodrigo because he seems to get partnered with a lot of people and, and seems to get blamed with things not working. But hmm. um, no, I, I thought it freed click up a bit more, who, again, I think is better going forward than he is defensively. It gave us a little bit more coverage that, that Forshaw will come a little bit deeper. Um. Yeah, I just I just thought as a whole it worked, and, and it was a team that you looked at, and for the, outside of Cop playing there as as the holding midfielder, it, it was players playing in their natural positions. It was quite nice. Uh, yeah. So then, and and whatever get... and wherever Stuart Dallas plays. Yeah, but then Cop gets injured, taken out by McTominay early on, uh, in a tackle that was well, it wasn't even a tackle. A challenge, I'll be generous. It was a high a challenge that I don't think has been given nearly as much shit as it deserved. It was really late and led with the shoulder to the head. That's literally a red card, even in rugby. Yeah, the the, the fact is he's come <laughs> down with his head gushing blood. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it wasn't a soft one. It, it was nowhere near the ball. Um, it's at least a yellow card. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I, I think I think the reference I saw to it was well, if Pascal strikes challenge on Harvey Elliott where he wins the ball cleanly, is a red card because of the outcome of the tackle. I, I don't know what that is then. Like, <laughs> it's because that thing that they said about Strauch was just bollocks, and they knew it was, and they were making it up as they went along. But you get the injury, and everyone was saying, "Oh, that's much more players in the correct position, square pegs, square holes." Quite like that. So you saw Cock go down, and everyone went. So Furpo on Dallas into midfield for your DM. That makes sense, but it was Furpo on Dallas to right back. Ailing goes to right centre back. Furpo plays left back. Strauch moves forward into defensive midfield, and Urente moves over onto left centre back. Which, by the way, don't go wrong. Urente had a bad game straight up. Got hooked at half time. He might have been injured because he missed the next one. But, you know, he got hooked. He had a bad game. This does not excuse the bad game. But he was noticeably miles worse once he had to shift over to the left side to accommodate a right-back playing centre-back and a centre-back playing in midfield ahead of him. Yeah. It, it is, again, that that issue of why, when... And, and again, I think I said this before, I, I assume... In training, that that starting lineup will prepare to play in those positions. In I don't know, there was a, a game 
uh, coming up shortly after. But they will have prepared to play in those positions. Like, surely you 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 make the one change that disrupts as few people as possible. Yeah, you know you like, prepare I mean, you prepare for your role. You will have you will have sat there and and discussed like that. You know, you are you are marking Lingard or whoever the you know their left winger is. That's your job. Ah, uh, twenty minutes in, actually, you're going to move over here. This is your job now. Yeah, this one this one was particularly annoying because I don't think there was a way to just do a straight shot swap. I think if I remember rightly, Noan Kenner was on the bench, so like the straight swap would have been him for Cock. And Kenner's not ready. And I don't think ever will be, to be honest. But you, if he didn't want to do the straight swap, fair enough. But he could have done it just moving a couple. And he chose to move, like, five players. And the, on this occasion, there was just absolutely no need for it. And we were so we were noticeably so much worse until half-time. Uh, obviously, the goals... The goals are a bit weird because the leads were all right in this game. But it was just the same mistakes. Like Harry Maguire ahead of McCormick to open the goal score. When in the ground, that was when we go, right, someone's fucked up there because he's biggest player on pitch and he's unmarked in the middle of goal. And then when I watched it back on telly, Llorente is there. He just is so busy facing Maguire and trying to grab him and slow him down that he just doesn't try and head the ball. And if he just runs and heads the ball, he's about a 75 25 favourite. Yeah, was... I, th- I think he. he, he... Like he tracks Maguire, and it's only at the last second that he actually turns to look where the ball is. Yeah, and Maguire's already stolen a march on him then, and just jumps next to him essentially. Yeah. And heads it, it was just as it that in the ground, I I couldn't be sure what exactly had happened, and when I saw it back, I was absolutely furious because he actually got into a decent position. If he just went for the ball and just didn't try. And then you, you're looking at it going, right, there's a bit of time added on. You're getting towards the end at half. You know what? We've been all right here. If you go in at one nil down, that's not a disaster. And then in like the 50th minute of the first half, Lindelof comes running out from centre back. Rodrigo doesn't follow him. Forshaw moves on to him. He runs away from Forshaw, like running away from the slow kid in the playground. And Lindelof's not Physi- physically slow. Physically slow. Yeah. Just, just so. Yeah, that is that is what I meant. <laughs> physically slow. <laughs> but like, no one gets near him. Easy ball out to Sancho, cross for Bruno Fernandez, who is completely unmarked, six yards out, middle of goal. Not even a great header, but it didn't need to be. Um, and we're going two 0 down. And. All of a sudden, you're just fucking fuming, and you think we're on, we're out for a hide in here. And then, like, which Jim obviously he brought Joffy on to play up front, and he brought Lafinha on to go and win, and we had a real go, and we snapped into challenges and flew in and outbattled them and used the conditions to his advantage, and for 15 minutes, we were excellent. At the start of that second half. Yeah, it, it was just like you say. It, it's great when the in in those games when you start to see. I, I don't ever want us to be in the position where it's like, well, we can't beat them, so let's kick them. But 
we we did both. We we physically competed and we competed in terms of football. Yeah. We, we pressed them really well. We forced them into making mistakes and we got on the ball in there. Yeah, I mean, who went off? Urente went off, so Strauch dropped back into centre-back. Ailing sent it back in the two-way at Keenan, but Urente was having a stinker, so fair enough. Forshaw then did drop into defensive mid, which is much more like what you want. Um, and Harrison went off for Rafinha, didn't he? And James went on to the left wing. Yeah. Um, and we, we looked much better back to... We still had Ailing out of position, but it was a lot more square pegs, square holes again. And then we had what if we'd have gone on to get something would have been like one of the best minutes I've ever had supporting Leeds United. Yeah, I mean, you get the classic deliberate cross into the. Top oh, it was corner. a brilliant goal. He absolutely meant it, one hundred percent. There's no way it was a cross. Definitely meant it. Yeah, it was, and it was great. You're just watching it. Like I was sat in Nando's, just watching the game on my phone with a group of people who, who don't care. And just like, let's got in. Oh, let's game on. Right, here we go. Yeah, because I think Furpo won it back and played him, played it to Rodrigo. Excellent lob from a wide position. Uh, beats the head. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere turned into it was football in the 90s again. I can't say, it wasn't like, I can't say the 70s because I don't know what that was like. But it was like, you know, Watching it when it was really good in the nineties, early two thousands, when we were Champions League, it re- that noise. I know that there was only thirty seconds between the goals, but for that thirty seconds, the noise was just a wall of sound constantly, and every tackle that they went for, like obviously Dallas makes a really big tackle on right hand side, they win the ball, gets given away, and Forshaw goes flying in on Bruno Fernandez, makes a really good tackle. Dan James, great low cross. Rafinha slides in at the far post to tap it in. Two apiece. And it's not, I can't say, oh, that's when you need to start being a bit more sensible and not let the game get away from you. But looking back, maybe we should have. I I actually think we did the right thing going for it still because we were on top. But then about, I think it was about five minutes later, they took off Pogba, who... Pogba had been excellent in the first half. He'd just run rings around Adam Forshaw, which isn't even a knock on Adam Forshaw. Paul Pogba is a really good footballer when he's on it. But when that when the second half came in, it was a battle. Pogba didn't fancy it. Hmm. When they took him off and brought Fred on, they took control of the midfield. And that is when the time for just being a little bit sensible kicked in. And we didn't do it. And we never do, but that would have been the time. At this point, though... I also don't know how much faith I have in us to to, to yeah. play that way. Yeah, I mean, I should say, we didn't have any subs left, so I don't mean change the personnel. We'd already met them all. Because yeah. Cock wasn't a concussion sub. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, as we'll probably come on to with the Liverpool game, I just... I don't trust us to. to I, I wouldn't trust us at the moment with five minutes left if we were winning a game one nil to to see it out. No, like that. That's kind of where I am at the moment, or to to, to be sensible. 
Um, and it's, you know, obviously at that stage of the game, it's too early to be trying to keep the ball in the corner or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I can understand why you you do kind of say that. One, because it's Bielsa and it's just what he's going to do anyway. But yeah. we are, and not to say that we are good, but we are better attacking than we are defending. Well, true. I mean, we've conceded the most goals. We've conceded more goals this season already than we did last season. And it's February. Yeah. And I believe I believe we are now most in the league, aren't we? Yeah. We're still yeah, trying to catch Derby, though, and their, Ill, their ill-fated Premier League season. Yeah. Um, that was in the 80s. But yeah, at two all, like, I, I think we're one of, one of these, was it, Click had a decent chance, but we're 3-2 down. They had one when it was still 2-0, I think. And Gellar had a decent chance at two apiece uh, that was saved well. But they, as I say, they made that change and we just got on top. And the third goal that we conceded is so soft. Like, there's like, there's at least two mistakes in it and there's maybe more. Like, I think the ball that Strauch ships out to Furpo behind him in bad conditions when he's already being closed down is such a stupid pass to play. Mm. Like, it just plays him into trouble. But then also... Furpo deals with it particularly badly and loses the ball and then can't get back in because he's been terrible. Even though he only came on, you know, at like the half hour mark, he has been bombing up and down the entire time. And he already at this point looks knackered. Yeah. Both of those are poor. It did very much see watching him the back end of that half was kind of the argument for, yeah, you, you can need some minutes in the 23s before you jump back into this system see uh yeah you were just watching it you were just watching people very easily move away from him as he gently jogged back towards the penalty area but from that position they break fred gets it in the box smashes it in at the near post there was a lot of criticism of melier because it was near post but i think it was a really well struck shot i'm not yeah it's one that you would you would like you keep it a save but i don't think you can call it an error there have yeah. been a f- quite. There's been a fair few of it last four or five weeks that you can, but I don't think that's one of them. Uh, we, you know, we do try and get back into it. We do still push, and then they get one late on uh, Ilanga, and it's there's no way around it. Straub just makes a complete fucking bollocks of it on end up on edge of box, loses the ball and the score. Yeah, it was his his hair bobble had fallen out, and he genuinely. I can't believe I'm saying this about a professional footballer. It was as if he could not concentrate on football because his hair had fallen down. <laughs> he, he just... I don't know. I, if, that had, if that had been a goal to make it like 3-2 instead of 4-2, I'd have been telling him to shave his fucking head. <laughs> I told you to trim those sideburns. <laughs> Get off the field! <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um... Yeah. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> when I tap my belt buckle, not once, not twice, but thrice. Give it a damn James and he bloody runs. That means attack. When I do anything else, that also means attack. <laughs> uh, so, like, obviously, got beat 4 2. That was really frustrating, but there was at least, like, some positives you could take from it. Then we went to Anfield. Yep. 
and Vic. Right, I want to make very clear. This is not about getting beat. You, everyone knew we were going to get beat. There's a reason Leeds were 14 to 1 to win this match. Yeah. It's I, not I, even about getting hammered. It's just how fucking easy we made it. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen. And when you go through people's takes on, on social media, obviously you get a wide variety. What, you know, one of the things I saw was someone saying, look, this was never going to be the result that would decide our season. You know, it'll be the next four games, it'll be the games against Norwich and, and Watford and, and teams like that that will yeah. most likely decide our season. To which someone then responded, oh, so, we, so you're saying we shouldn't try when we play Liverpool? Like, well, no, that's clearly not what anyone said. But that you also have to be realistic. Yes, we want to go to Anfield and try and get a result. But we are also leaking goals left, right and centre. They're dead good. You know, yeah. with two of the best attacking players in the world up front and some Colombian lad or wherever he's from. Yeah. Don't who know probably he's will be who probably will be really good. We just haven't yeah. seen enough yet. You know, um, Liverpool are a very good team. It it was it wasn't even the first half because as, as you go through Dallas's was a penalty. It, it, yeah it's not it's, it's a bit unlucky. But it's, it's a bit unlucky. His arms out to the side, and I think he's far enough away to to justify that one. I'd be if we didn't get that one, which we probably wouldn't. I'd be up in arms. The other question before to talk about it because of that, just I'll mention it now. Was Allison's fuck up against Dan James a penalty? No, no, I don't think it was. It he got the ball with his left leg, and the follow through. There is an argument that it could be a foul, but it, it's the fact that Dan James never. He never even appealed for it, did he? No. So uh, I, I, I think he knew it probably wasn't enough. But yeah, fir- first pen probably was a pen. Salah tucks it away. The second goal, if you'd have asked Lee, a Leeds fan to say, how will Liverpool score? They might have drawn this goal. I mean, we just saw Lindelof. You can draw, if not... you can draw a straight line, you'll be fine. Yeah. Lindelof is not that great at bringing the ball out. He's not bad, but he's not that great. Matip is really good at bringing the ball out. And he just comes out. Nobody goes near him. Which is a problem of the system as much as out. But then he gets to like the 35-yard mark and strat- Mane has gone over to the left, so Ailing's picked him up. All right, again, Ailing playing centre-back when Charlie Cresswell's on the bench. Don't like that. Strout comes out to pick him up and he doesn't immediately rush in and get really tight. So he's got space in case he makes a run. He starts off in the right position. He's picked him up, played the ball wide. And then Matip just runs forward and Strout just momentarily seems to forget that he's even on a football pitch. Because he turns to jog back after him and just doesn't go with him. Yeah, it's a, it's a gentle jog behind Matip, and then as soon as that pass is played forward, you see his reaction of, oh shit, I, I'm probably meant to be there. Yeah, I mean, he has picked him up. He is the spare man in that situation. So if the centre-back runs forward, that's on him. Unless we do what we did last season, where Dallas would pick him up, and the centre-back would be ready to take whoever Dallas had left. 
which we weren't doing in this game. Stroud picks him up and then just doesn't mark him. It was really, it was, it was bordering on embarrassing the way he did that. It's a good finish from Matip for a mm. centre back. Really calm finish. Uh, I think, I think it, I saw Liverpool fans saying he'd been threatening to do that all season, and and Leeds are just the team to play against to to do it. Yeah, I mean, that, this part of me was like, God, if you got you know like a midfielder that's really good at running with the ball. Just play him right centre back against Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll score. They might get a hat trick. Yeah, um, it's worth it's worth noting as well. We are offering nothing going forward. No, we had we had a disallowed goal from a really what was a very good move up until the last pass across where. Like I didn't even get slightly excited because Rafinha was he started offside and just remained offside the entire way. I'd like to say I didn't get excited, but I did. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was the one just sat there while there was a few jumping up around me in the pub. Not that any pubs show games that aren't on British TV. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it was. Do you mean, do you mean was, the radio we were sat around? Yeah, we were all listening to the radio. Uh, but yeah, it was miles offside. And then this one is the one that pissed me off somewhat long. The second penalty. And I have not heard any like commentators or anything like that talking about it. It's not a penalty. I've seen I saw it at the time with the biased eyes and all of that. I've now watched it back several times. Mane is dying to chuck himself over there and he just hangs the leg back into Ailing. Ailing's initial marking to let Mane run in behind him was very poor. But after that, it's just, it's just not a penalty. It may no. well have been outside the box. And also, Ailing didn't make a play at the ball. So if it is a foul, it's a red card. <laughs> it, I, it was so frustrating. I, especially knowing now what happens in the last 10 minutes. Kind of just, just makes it even more annoying. But... Um, yeah, like you say, he just he dangles his leg back, and I, I mean, they're both moving forward. I, I, I just really annoyed me. It, it, it's the worst. It's the worst of football. Where I'm just thinking, there, there is no need to. You are too good to be doing that. You are yeah, better like than our team. Yeah, you feel like in a game like this, you shouldn't have to concede a penalty like that. They're going to batter us anyway. Yeah. Um, Um, So Melier guesses the right way this time, but Salah, top corner. Yeah, it's just a good penalty. Um, I just look at the team that we put out in in this game. Against Man United, he drops Rafinha, which you would argue is for defensive reasons. At least that's what everyone's assuming, right? But in this game, against a better team and away from home, Click and Rodrigo centre mids. You know, going against it's like t- what, team track the runner. Yeah, it just it just baffled me as a decision, and the again Ailing playing centre back. I, it, I'm guessing, well, because he broke it, because he knackered his shoulder, suddenly he definitely doesn't trust Charlie Cresswell anymore. I think that team's so much better balanced if Ailing plays 
right back, Cresswell plays centre back, and one of Rodrigo or Click is replaced in the midfield by Dallas. Yeah. I've... And that's not a hindsight thing. It, me and everyone else said it before the game. Yeah. And I think as you're watching there for the first corner that goes in, you're watching alien strike marking massive and, and, and Van Dyke. And they've both got three, four inches on them very comfortably. Yeah. Look at neither one of them is, you know, physically the biggest. At least with Charlie Cresswell, it, it he's a bit of a unit compared to those two. Yeah, you'd still make him second favourite against either Matip or Van Dyke, but if one of them was going to stand up to it in the air, Cresswell's probably your best bet. Yeah. Um, and obviously, shock horror, it didn't work, and both of them got hooked at half-time. Uh, Roberts came on. He didn't do all wrong. He didn't do a great deal right either, but he didn't do all wrong. I, I just laughed because... <laughs> You've gone from this double sub where Rafinha has been dropped and, and he comes back on and Joffy comes on and, and does very well at helping change the game and, and, and pressing from the front. And I, and I fully understood why you'd start with Dan James against Liverpool. I, I genuinely thought in this game we'd, we'd have a lot less of the ball than we did against Man United. Yeah. So having someone with his pace as, as at least the options getting behind made sense to me as much as I like I'm... Joffy. He and his pressing's good, and yeah. that pressing on Allison on another day could have led to a goal. Yeah, I, it, it made sense. It, it didn't necessarily work, but I, 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 I could have gone with that decision. To then look at that game and think, Tyler Roberts is the one to change this. And and again, I, I, felt, I felt bad for Tyler Roberts because he, he can't say no. <laughs> but at this point, Tyler Roberts must know it must be sat there thinking they're going to hate this. Yeah. But again, I don't think he did it wrong. Shackleton came on. We were saying at half-time, I'd quite like to see Shackleton come on in midfield. I know he's not the strongest, but he's got plenty of energy and we could really do with some energy in midfield here. So he brings him on. Dallas goes into midfield. Shackleton plays right back. Uh, Shackleton didn't really... He was in the same camp as Roberts. Didn't really do out wrong, but didn't do out particularly right either. Yeah. Um, it was just nothing, and the it was the game was drifting into nothingness. And then ten minutes left, Melier, this one you can put on him is a fucking stinker of a kick. Yeah, he sort of just straight it almost doesn't he straight down yeah. the middle, straight to Jordan Henderson. Salah gives it back to Henderson in the box, square for Mane, unmarked, decent finish. The fifth goal is a bit unlucky, to be fair. Uh, it's a good through ball for Origi. Melier comes out and makes a really good save and it hits Strauch in the shin and falls on the plate for Mane. That one is a bit unlucky. No real blame there. The sixth one is absolutely fucking pathetic. Like, pathetic. It would be so generous if I said Strauch gets blocked off. Because that guy that blocks him doesn't even move. Strauch just... I don't know what, like... As you look at it, and teams must have clearly realised that if you just stand your players that are going to attack the ball shoulder to shoulder with each other and maybe move slightly, leads it's going to throw us off. And it's got to the point where, again, I don't want to, don't want to keep repeating these arguments, but 
at least if you're going to have them go man to man, make them just have them stand a yard off them, so they can at least watch the initial movement and have time to react. Because Stroik somehow ends up behind both Van Dyke and I, I think it's Matip still. Yeah, I think it's Matip. But I think it's Matip that he and I'm not going to say gets blocked by runs traps, into traps himself behind. Yeah, and yeah, Matip doesn't move, uh, and Van Dyke just charges in. But by the time he reaches the ball, I think Stroik is four yards away from him. Yeah, and he's only gone six. Yeah, I. And the, the the only thing I would have the only other issue I had with it was could do do we not have someone who can step out from the six yard box to at Try least challenge it. for it? I think Tyler Roberts was the closest one. Do, you know, do we not have that freedom? Is that is that their job? You stay there. If it comes to you, you attack it. If not, I, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm, I wouldn't even expect Tyler Roberts to win the header. It's Van Dyke. He's big and strong. Like I still think I'd, I'd make him favourite, even if Roberts goes across for it. But give him something to compete with. Yeah, because is this there's, it's so Leeds United, especially this season. A corner comes in, and the biggest bloke on the field is unmarked middle of goal, eight yards out. Yeah, it's not again. It's not even a great header. Melier nearly saved it because it was all it was only just to his right, but it was. I know that. I mean, the thing is, the one thing is that it could end up coming down to goal difference, this. And we've done this so many times and got battered, and that might prove to be a problem. But yeah, it was bit of a difference between a 5 0 and a 6 0. It's a battering either way. But it was just such a soft goal. Like, I found it, like, I genuinely think, I'd not just, in, I mean, Cooper is getting better and better and better by not being in the team at the minute. Because obviously we were playing better with him in the side, with him and Phillips. But I, I said at the start of the season, and I still think that Pascal Strauch is our best centre back, and he has been at least partially responsible for like four goals in the last two games, and that's who I think is our best one. It's a, it's a really shit situation to be in. I mean, like, you can't keep defending like this. We scored three goals at Villa Park. And we scored two against Scum. And we got one point out of that. It's not the getting beat 3-0 at Everton and the getting hammered here. If you score three goals, you should win a game. And we didn't. If you score two goals, you shouldn't lose a game. And we did. Yeah. And you just you just can't keep doing this. Um, and this is the first time that I have ever asked this and, and been serious. Because I think this is the first time that it's a legitimate question since he joined. Is it time with Bielsa? I think at the end of the season it might be. Yeah. I, I don't think right now is because I, I don't know. I know who the club would probably be looking at. And we discussed last week, uh, Jesse Marsh, isn't it? That is... It sounds would, like there's a bit of truth would to that. Be, yeah, would be an ideal candidate to follow on. Um, if Corbrand keeps doing so well at Huddersfield, he very much becomes an option as well, I think. Well, and, and you know, it would have been quite nice if we could have gone for Mark Hughes, but he, he's taken the Bradford job. That was very unexpected. Yeah, did, didn't see that one coming yesterday. Um, 
but it, it's got to the point where you see some of the questions Bielsa gets asked now, and I don't know what defense he can provide for for certain aspects for certain decisions. You know, it's and I understand where he comes from when he says. Uh, when when we play this way and we win, we get praise for it. But when we try to play this way and we lose, people demand change. And, and, and I understand that. But regardless of winning and losing games, we have been dreadful at defending set pieces for a long time now. And that, I, in I, theory, is one of the easier things to fix. Yeah, that, that doesn't rely on you changing the way you play, ultimately. You know, once... If you find someone who can just attack a corner, you know, stepping out from the middle of the six-yard box and step towards their attacker who's going for it and challenge for the ball, I, I think it makes us infinitely better than we are at defending set pieces right now where the instruction is clearly get it in between the penalties, you know, start out edge of the box, get it between the penalty area, uh, get it between the penalty spot, the six-yard box. And get in front, if you get in front of your man, you've won it. Yeah, because it is that simple against us at the moment. And I, I don't see how changing how we defend corners affects any of the rest of the way we play when we're in possession. Yeah, it's like I, for what it's worth, I'm completely with you. I don't think changing it now would help. This team is set up to play the way Bielsa plays as much mm. as it isn't working. You can't. It, just a drastic change isn't going to work. I do think. I think, regardless of whether we stay up or go down, I think he's away at the end of the season. And I don't, to be honest, I don't think the club will offer him a deal. I think it'll get to the end of the season, and there'll be a clean break, and it'll be done. Mm. Uh, but is that that thing that he said about you know, or oh, changing styles and stuff? We're not saying put ten men behind the ball. Last season, we put Dallas in midfield, went a little bit more zonal, and just were a little, just a little bit cleverer defensively in the way we set up. Only slightly, we still attacked, we still have stuff. And admittedly, it has to be said, we had a hot streak with us finishing, and you know we outperformed XG both scoring and we conceded fewer, so we did have a hot streak. But we were just a bit more sensible and that worked. And he stuck with it for the last 12 games and we lost like one of them. And we played Man United and Chelsea and Liverpool in that time. Why we aren't able to try that again this season? Especially when, like, why, if, if Dallas is there as an option as a centre mid, where last and I'm, I'm not mad keen on him as a centre mid, but last season he played so well in centre mid that he ended up winning player of the year. Yeah, that's how good he was. And for us to not even be willing to look at that as an option now, because we want to play him full back so we can play as right back at centre back, like that just objectively makes no sense. It's just, and I know he he's principled and he. Lives by, you live by the sword, die by the sword, all that stuff. And I still, even if this goes completely wrong and we get relegated, I will still look back on Bielsa as Leeds manager as a really good thing that I loved. But some of the decisions lately have been fucking baffling. Yeah, I I text you after the game when I got home 
I, I kind of went on to transfer marks and one of the things I think I text you and, and I know this doesn't paint the whole picture of what has happened but pre-Brentford we had Phillips and Cooper in the team most weeks Phillips misses two games before then both get injured in that game before that game I've not included that game in, in the results either way before that game, we conceded, uh, I think it was 20 goals. Yeah, you, you did message me. I'll see if I, I can find I'm it. trying to remember. I think we were conceding um, far fewer with those two in the team. Yeah. It was, it's it's night and day. And, and part of the, the, the thing that will skew that will be the fact that as yeah. those two got injured and we then went and played... Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City. The first yeah, three got games it. straight it was, after that. With Cooper in the team, we've conceded 20 and 15. In 10 without him, we've conceded 34. That was it, yeah. Yeah. Now and, the, and then not... the realization that, like I said, that Phillips was in for all the all but two of the games that Cooper played in as well. Yeah. And and I understand that's that's a big part of the spine you've lost there. Um which it does basically quite, you know, are we lacking leadership in that team at the moment? Are we? The, the, I'll tell you what, the way the play, you would think that. You know, yeah. it, it very much feels. I did, they really need to have a similar moment that they had af, um, after the Nottingham Forest game, the year we went up. Yeah. Of just look. You can play this style of football. You've done it before. You've some of you have been doing it for. This is your fourth year doing it now. Just do it better. Which I must admit, I do think that's part of the problem mm. that they've been doing this for so long. And I do wonder if the players have lost faith with it. Like I, I can't help but wonder that. The, the other thing is. And this is partly Bielsa, but it's also very much Orta and Angus Kinnear and Madrazani. Everyone knows if you stand still in the Premier League, you go backwards. And we've stood still for three transfer windows in a row. Yeah. I, I, I still... I'm very on the fence about it at this point because if there's no money, that... That's fine. I could, you know, I think your dad was saying the same thing. Yeah, um, when we were in the pub, my dad was saying that yeah. if I've no money, don't spend any, which is fine, but don't come out and say there is money. Don't yeah. come out and say, well, we're not going to spend the money because we want to play these kids and then not play the kids. Yeah. It, like, the, 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 I'll say something that just bumped, dropped into my head, actually. Can you remember, like, right at the end of the transfer window? They so cynically put out that Twitter picture of Cooper and Phillips back on the grass. Yeah, looking. So everyone was like, "Ah, that ah, looks, ah, looks like they'll be back quicker then." Yeah. Also, maybe that's why we didn't sign a midfielder because Phillips is going to be back soon. And yeah. then Bielsa's given a press conference today. They're not going to be first week of start of March as expected, and Phillips isn't even on the grass yet. Hmm. Oh, that no Bamford. Uh, Bamford. Yeah, ba but yeah, Bamford not even on the grass yet, but Phillips and Cooper. They have not. They still have no date. Yeah, that's a. Again, I keep looking. At, I keep thinking of just one. Like 
John Swift, who would not have cost a load, he's out of contract to end of the season. He's having a really mm. good season. And yeah, that probably isn't the most long-term signing in the world in terms of planning. But but, it, but it's someone it's, who comes. It's who a com- midfielder. It's a midfielder who comes in with some confidence because he's got goals and assists behind him already this season. He's had a couple of good years of it. He's been playing week in, week out, so fitness will not be a concern. Or you know, all right, I understand Bielsa probably has a certain level, but with those available to him, I, I think that might be waived at this point. Yeah. Um. You know, as 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 much as I love them. There is such a lack of pace in midfield when you have Click and yeah. Forshaw in there together. It's so it's so one it's one pace, isn't it? And that one Which pace again is... was another reason why we were talking about possibly putting Shackleton there against Liverpool. Just he he at least has the pace to track a man. Yeah, you know, better, you know, faster than Click does anyway. Um, it's 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 and it's just. It's a situation now that between Arta Kinnear and, and Bielsa where there's this little dance to each kind of trying to appease each other and the fans. But ultimately, it's the fans you need to keep on side. Because again, I, I, th- I think one thing I will say, there's a lot of people who will call us call the owners poor or whatever and sort of call them shysters for not having, you know, pretending to have more money than they Like, look, if, if owners can put in however much money they want into a football club within within the limits of financial fair play as well. But, the, you know, if you've only got a certain amount of money, you don't have to put every penny of it into into the football club. And, and I'm completely fine with that. Like, I, I, I have no expectation of, of Andrea Radrizani, who has, has spent 130 million since we got promoted on players without selling anyone, so we've not recouped any of that in in transfers. It's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, I, I know, I, it's, I know, the argument we, is really it's not that we haven't spent; it's that we've spent a lot of it poorly. But I guess, yes, yes, and no, because. Ultimately, was Rodrigo? Should you be spending that much money on a? Was Rodrigo twenty nine or thirty when we signed him? I think he was still twenty nine at that point. But to then not use them in their best position mm. is it's as it's about as Marcelo Bielsa as it gets as a transfer dis- decision yeah. goes. Um, but on the other hand, you you look at the, the the types of players that newly promoted clubs typically bring in. And there's not many of them bring in internationals who've played for Spain and Germany, mm. like we did, like you know, and and Rafinha kind of almost fell into our lap at the last minute, yeah, which for the for the bargain of the window, who is now and is now a Brazil international. So we've got players in who have played for well-renowned international teams. You you know, you typically find like, oh, Norwich have signed. A Greece international central defender, you're like oh, that's grand, but it is Greece. Yeah, you know, so it, it's tough. It's it does smack a little bit when you look at what we paid for for Cock and Urente and Rafinha, and then Dan James is twenty five million. Yeah, well, that's the uh, that's the English tax, isn't it? Yeah, I know, I know that he's Welsh, but he's he's it's the same thing for. British rules. 
So, yeah. Right now, where's your confidence level in terms of a staying up? I still think we'll stay up. But, but it's definitely wavering. Right uh, now, like the bookies right now, with we are four favourites to go down. Norwich, Watford, Burnley are short of us. Then us, although it is fair to say, us, Brentford, Newcastle and Everton are all quite close in betting. But they're like five to two. Yeah, it's just due to pessimism and being a Leeds fan. But in my head, we are so much closer to Burnley than that in price. Like they've got Burnley at six to five and us at five to two. I'd be like 11 to eight and 13 to eight. I'd be really close. I've I've lost my confidence now. Yeah. I, I'm looking at Burnley's results. Since they since we beat them in the league, nil-nil with Arsenal, point at Watford, which are right, a poor result for them. Draw with Man United, one nil defeat to Liverpool, which is still a solid result. 3-0 win over Brighton, 1-0 win over Spurs. It's it's not a bad run of results, isn't that, for them? No. It's a really good it's a really good run of results, right? And then the next the next two they've got are Palace and Leicester, who are both um out of form, which is probably yeah. the best way to put it. Obviously, Palace won had an easy win last against Watford, but Watford are rubbish, and they also had one of them weird ones where they had like five shots on target and scored four goals or something. It was, yeah. I mean, just looking at Palace, fair, you know, unlucky late defeat to Chelsea. I thought they actually equipped themselves quite well in that. Nil nil with Brentford, one one with Norwich, one one with Brighton. Yeah, they've. They've not been doing great recently. You yeah. know, they they've won. They beat Norwich three nil in December. Um, but that's been it. I think in terms for them in terms of wins, it's yeah. you know it's it's dried up a bit from the start from the starts of the season they had. Um, so it's now going from us having that cushion to we need to start winning these games. Yeah, and I mean, it's not... I, I was going to say it's not getting much easier. I mean, actually, compared to Liverpool away, this is much easier, but it still won't be easy. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, half 12, early kickoff. I never like the early kickoff, but, the you know, one of the things is you never back the early kickoff because maybe the favourite fucks up. Well, hopefully the favourite fucks up. Uh, Spurs at home. Yeah. I am, weirdly... Because we have looked so poor in build-up, I'm kind of looking forward to how we line up in this. Because Spurs play three-four-three, so we'll be in a four-four-two. Um, yeah, it's, it's which normally I wouldn't like, but this week I can't, I'm kind of like, all right, well, it's a change. Maybe it'll help. And ultimately, I know looking at teams kind of form for any given game isn't, you know. It can help guide your decision when when betting, but you know ultimately whatever happens happens. But Jesus Christ, Spurs have lost four out of the last five, but they did beat Man City and looked really good doing it. Yeah, and and were outstanding. By Harry Kane had one of them individual performances where you feel like, oh, he is one of the best players in the world. 
Yeah. I'd, and then yeah, lost to lost to Burnley and Antonio Conte is having a crisis of confidence. Yeah, like it is one of them weird ones. Like if by some miracle we ended up winning this, you could see Conte resigning. Because he's just so from, hard on his sleeve. From what I've read, he is going to stick it out till the end of the season. But if things don't improve, he will walk away. Um, but yeah, I, it's very odd hearing a football manager speak so frankly about their own position like that. So looking at their team, it'll probably be Luis in goal. Three centre-backs will be probably Romero, Eric Dyer, Ben Davies. Emerson Royale, right wing back, Leggy on left wing back. But I think Lion Sessignon's played the last two. So mm. Sessignon could be left wing back. Uh that Rodrigo Benton Kerr that they signed him and Kulisevsky both from Juve. But Benton Kerr and Hoiberg probably in the middle. And then the last two games it's been Son and Kulisevsky behind Kane. Yeah. I was there's a few that could change. Davinson Sanchez could play in that back three. Bergwine could play on the wing. Lucas Moura could replace Kulisevsky. They've got a couple of options, but 3-4-3, three, three, straight through, and Kane up top being the main problem. Yeah. It's a good side. It's a good side. Like, it should be better than, I mean, the eighth now. I was going to say they should be higher, but I did actually predict them to finish eighth pre-season. Mm. Uh, but that's because of Nuno. And now they've got Conte, who's actually a good manager. Uh, so if Leeds play in a 4-4-2, how do we end up lining up? The only bit of team news to change is Cock and Uente are both available. Um, I think what I'd do. Melian in goal, back four. Ailing Cock, strike, Furpo. It's trying to figure out who's going to be up front, really. Yeah, because this is one of the things I was thinking earlier. Us having two up front, I, I kind of like for this. I think, you know, one of them can drop off and that should help us in build-up. The problem is all of the forwards we have available are either Dan James, who I don't particularly like as a striker normally, but the threat is in behind. and mm. But doesn't have the strength to be the main focal point. And every other striker that's available is basically the drop-off-the-front striker. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is where... Do, do you go Rodrigo and Gelhart up front? I don't I don't for a minute think Gelhart's starting this one. But No. Do you know what I genuinely think it might well end up being? Who is... If one of the strikers is going to try and do Bamford's job, the most similar is Tyler Roberts. I don't think he's up to it. I don't think it'll go well. But I honestly think it might be like Roberts and Rodrigo. Oof. It could also be James and Rodrigo. But I think it's Rodrigo and one of them. The... The only other way I can see it going, I wonder if it'll be James and Harrison on the wings and Rafinha moves in to the centre. Just to try and... Well, the, the, the good argument for that 
is obviously we'll have two strikers marking three centre backs. Uh, well, and like if you did say Rafinha in that position, he basically the other striker marks two centre backs and he marks one. Whereas if you play him on the right, he's got to chase. Yeah, uh, he's got to chase Sessegnon or Reggion back all game, and that way you keep him up the field. So I, and he has done that before as Bielsa, had him mark the outside centre back. So I could see that. Did, I'll tell you what I'd do in that case. What I'd be really tempted to do. I'd be very tempted if you go in because I've also noted down Ailing Cox, Strauch, Furpo as a back four. Yeah, there's an argument then for playing Dallas on the right to try and help out, but then the problem is like, what do you do? You play Forshaw and Click? Yeah, my my, and, my my thinking was Dallas and Forshaw. That's what I've got written down is Forshaw Dallas, but I'm just thinking if you push Rafinha up top, you could play you could play Dallas on the right. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think. It's... I think when would be the last game we we did this? Would it have been the last we time weird, we played Spurs? We had a weird run around that Spurs game where I think we did it like three games in a row. We played like three teams that all played about that all basically played three four three. Because uh, yeah. did we play Chelsea around then? We played Chelsea a couple of weeks after. What was it? Leicester before Brighton after. Yeah, Le- and Le- Leicester were playing it as well. Because I think they uh... dropped Ndidi into a back three. Let's have a look to see. But yeah, it's a yeah. Because it, it kind of shows us, yeah, against Leicester playing what sort of a four-two-three-one. Yeah, and that was, and this is probably about right. Rafinha on the right, Harris on the left, Rodrigo at ten, and Dan James up front. Yeah, the other weird thing with playing Spurs is it's how we decide to mark them because. I think it'll probably call Lisevsky and Son, but it could be that or Lucas and Son. But they don't play as wingers. They're no. sort of tens behind a striker. So then you've got a decision to make. If we're, if we're going to man-mark all over the pitch, which we will, do your full-backs, in this case probably Erling and Firpo, do your full-backs invert and mark them, and then your wingers chase the wing-backs back? Or do your centre mids drop in onto them too because they're like tens? And then your full backs can push up onto the wing backs. But also, again, either way, that means if they pull, but if you drop the centre mids in, if they pull wide, then you, it's, it just leaves that big hole in the middle of midfield that we end up with all the time. But I think the most dangerous thing that they can do is if they have Kulosevsky and Son, if Kulosevsky goes wide on the right, but Son stays really central and they just rely on that wing back to push up and give them wing f- width on the left. Yeah. So they still get all three attackers, but we are dragged all over to do it. I think that would be serious danger. And if I'm thinking that, I am sure Antonio Conte has a much more complicated, a much better version, much more planned out than what I just said. If if Nuno was still manager of them, I wouldn't be nearly as scared of his game. Yeah, obviously we were a little bit upset because we were Conte's first game, weren't we? 
Yeah. And first half, I mean, we won the half time. We did pretty well in first half. That's yeah. the game that I have the least memory of all season because it was a very rare occasion where I actually had had a decent amount of strength before that game, which I never do for Leeds games. But mm-hmm. really, all I can remember is the goals <laughs> and that Joffy started and did quite well. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. There's so it, many options with a 4 4 2. Like, does Joffy play? If it's two up top, is it Roberts does and Rodrigo dropping off? Does James move on to the left? Do you, do you drop Harrison? Do you play Shackleton? Because that might give it... You've only got two-man midfield instead of three, so could you use Shackleton's energy in there to chase around? Honestly, I think... I does think, he go right back? Honestly, I think my, my front, my favourite front two, which won't, which won't happen, would be Rafinha and Gelhart. Yeah. Because Just I think keep you them get, up the pitch. Yeah, you keep those two up the pitch. You, you know, you've got you work our striker and your creative force who are up there. You've got so your two hardest working wingers tracking fullbacks who are going to bomb on all day. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, that means you drop Rodrigo because oh he no. can't play. He can't be centre mid in a two, and that's the reason I don't think it'll happen because Bielsa seems really not up for dropping Rodrigo. Yeah, having gone through a period where he was more than happy to have him on the bench. I don't know. Yeah, it's such a... It, it, it'll be a very interesting team selection to see in the morning. Because I'm really not sure what we'll do. Yeah. Because can you remember the, what we, the weird defensive thing that we did in this game at their place? No. Yorente played right back to Mark Son and Phillips played centre back to man Mark Harry Kane. Yeah. And for the first half, it worked pretty well. Yeah, because this is where people started saying that Phillips had fallen out with Bielsa because he keeps playing him centre back because he did it for a couple of games. Yeah, he did it like two games in a row. Yeah. (laughs) And as I say, the one against Spurs for the first half, it worked quite well. Phillips had the strength and stuff to actually stay with Kane and mark him properly. But, like, I mean, there's no reason to do that in this game because you only need a back four. You have Strauch to play left centre-back and you could play Llorente or Cock at right centre-back. Yeah. So you don't need to do anything weird. But, yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm very interested to see all be centre mid. And if we end up like James and Roberts up front and then click and Rodrigo in the middle of midfield, I am going to like then if he picks that four, if it's... someone goes on Twitter and says I think he's done, I'll find it hard to argue against it. The, the one thing I do I would be very surprised against is if Forshaw doesn't start. Hmm. I, I can see Click and Rodrigo both being in the team, but I think it'd be with Rodrigo as a, a striker or the 10. Um, I must admit, mate, I didn't have it down. I, in, the, in the lineup I've got written down, I don't have it as an idea, but since you've said it, Rafinha is one of the two strikers, I do think is a good idea. I, I think so as well. Yeah. Because, I, because otherwise, I think their wing-backs are just going to push him back. And like, if you remember the last sort of 30 minutes of that Liverpool game, I think... 
I've, I haven't seen a heat map, but I bet most of Rafinha's touches were right back. Yeah. Because he just kept getting pushed out. And I think that'll happen again if we don't make him one of the two strikers. No, I, I know, honestly, I think in that team, he's probably our biggest goal threat. Like, I, I think having him in a more central area would probably be a benefit to us. Yeah. And in theory, with where he'd be, he'd be up against Ben Davies. Not... That's, that feels like a good matchup. I mean, as a defence, Spurs aren't up to much. You know, it's Eric Dyer who I think is fine. Ben Davies, fine. And like Christian Romero from I haven't watched loads of full Spurs games. From the reviews of him from Spurs fans, he's been pretty good. Yeah. But, it's, but that's it's a not bit... a back three you can't get at. No, that's it. And I, th- I think there will be space. I know, obviously, Javier is is there to kind of provide that bit of protection for them. But the, I, th- I think there's space to be found in there. Yeah. Especially, you know, especially if you can counterattack them when they've got you know Sessegnon pushing forward and whoever it is that's at right wing back. Emerson Royal. Yeah. Who, for what it's worth, Spurs fans hate and think he's shit. Yeah, he's, he's not had a, <laughs> had a great time. Um. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be needlessly optimistic and say we win two one. Oh, I hope you're right. We we'll lose three one. Well, at least we score either way. Yeah, I, I always <laughs> fancy us to score. I fancied us to score one at Anfield. I just expected them to score three or four. Uh, but yeah, um, I hope you're right. It'll be. I'm very, very interested to see who plays up front and who plays in centre mid. Because I do, I do also think there is a. It's one of the ones I didn't mention, but I think there's a decent chance that it's Juventus and Stray, and Cock is one of the two centre mids, which I wouldn't be against. Like I could easily, I could easily see that. Like Cock and, but again, he never doesn't play Dallas. So if it's that, then it's probably it's either Cock and Foshaw or Cock and Dallas, and then maybe he drops Furpo and Dallas plays left back. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't drop Furpo, even though he's he's not been that good, but he's the only actual left-back we've got. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We'll, uh, I'll, we'll be, I'll be looking on Twitter at half 11 with bated breath. I'll be driving back from Ghoul straight to the pub. Oh, yeah, you've got a game in the morning, haven't you? Yeah. Well, this has been uh, one of the longer ones we've done for a while, but there was a lot to talk about. And I've, I must admit, I feel better for talking about the game for this long. Has it, has it helped? Has it helped you a little bit? Has it been therapeutic? Yeah, I don't feel any more confident, but I do feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think uh, our lass will be happy because you know I can. I, I've got my moaning about it out system now. So yeah, that will do us for episode 143 at Mighty White's podcast. Uh, there, if there isn't any other like new stuff, so there's no need to cover. So I've been Jack. See ya. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit.